Hello and welcome to the Fight IQ Podcast. My name is Jesse Day, and on this episode, we're going to break down UFC 245, Colby Covington versus Kamaru Usman, of course, three championship bouts on the card. A lot to break down, a lot to get into, so let's do it. What a great night of fights UFC 245 was, a stacked card, and it truly did deliver. This is something new I'm trying out on the podcast, doing some fight recaps. I'm going to try to get them to you guys the next day after any of the big pay-per-views happen, and this one certainly fits that bill with those three championship fights on there, and I want to focus on those and maybe first give a few honorable mentions, Peter Yan versus Uriah Faber. Boy, that was a little tough to watch to see Uriah take that type of beating, head kick finish. And uh, he's proved everything he can in the sport. I think overall his performance was pretty good. I don't want to say that he looked washed up. He, especially for the first moments of the fight, and he had many moments in the fight actually where he landed some good strikes, and he looked very together. He looked like he had a great game plan. He looked like he was in shape. So I don't know if it's necessarily time to hang it up per se. He's 40 years old. Um, he did want to try to get to the title. That was his goal, and this has definitely derailed him, taking that loss to Peter Yan. So we'll see where this leaves the California kid, but I have a feeling we'll see him back for maybe at least one more. And then if he loses that one, maybe we're going to see him retire. Because I do think he has the ability to compete at a high level. Is he going to be able to make it to the title in that division? Um, not really sure, but only time will tell. And uh, next, Marlon Marias versus Jose Aldo. Yeah, uh, most people are saying Jose Aldo got robbed by the judges, and I tend to agree. It was a closely contested bout. Um, Marias came out strong in the first round, as he always does, and then he seemed to slow down after that, kind of like he did in his last bout against Henry Cejudo. So maybe that's an issue he needs to work on. Nonetheless, the judges gave it to him, although most people disagree. And now Dana White's already talking about Jose Aldo might face Henry Cejudo for the title, coming off of a loss because he doesn't agree with the judges. So we'll see where that leaves Jose. He looked great. A lot of people were very concerned about his weight cut. He looked almost skeletal, going down to 135. Um, He was fighting at 145 before, and it looked like a very hard weight cut. People were concerned it would affect his performance, but he looked like the Jose Aldo of old in many ways. Maybe a little tentative at the beginning of the bout, but once things got going, he really got into his groove, and I think he won. So, let's move on to the three main bouts. The first one, Amanda Nunes versus Jerrain Durandamy for the women's bantamweight title. Amanda Nunes, of course, the double champ, also holding the featherweight title in the women's division after dethroning Cyborg, who seemed nearly unbeatable. Now Amanda Nunes has dethroned both Cyborg when she was looking invincible, and also Ronda Rousey when she tried to come back that one time. So she's kind of a legend killer in that sense, and she's a very, you know, calculated fighter. Just nose to the grindstone, get the job done however it needs to get done. And this particular bout against Durandamy was a perfect example of that. So Durandamy came out pretty strong with some Muay Thai striking as she's an excellent striker. And she landed some good shots on Amanda and things were looking like, wow, maybe this is going to be a competitive fight. Until Amanda just decided, you know what, this striking thing, 
it's probably a 50-50 because Amanda was was landing a lot of strikes as well. But Amanda decided to take the fight to the ground, and that's where the whole dynamic of the contest changed. And it became very clear that Jermaine Durandamy's kryptonite was absolutely being off her back on the ground. She seemed to have nothing in terms of trying to get out from the bottom. There was a lot of stalling to try to get the ref to stand her up. Um, she even threw her arms up at one point to kind of signal to the ref, hey, why aren't you standing this up? So she didn't have a lot of defense off of her back. That being said, she did almost cinch in. I believe it was a reverse triangle choke, um, and then she was going for an armbar at the same time. So she did threaten with a submission at one point, and it looked a little bit dicey for the champ. But besides that one moment, she basically got dominated on the ground. Nothing majorly significant. Um, she took some shots. But basically, it was just a dominant performance from beginning to end for Amanda Nunes. And I think this puts Durandamy kind of back down the rankings. I think, I mean, I'm no expert, but I do think it might be a great idea for her to work on her grappling very, very hard and maybe get some Olympic caliber wrestlers, really, really high level competitive wrestlers um, in her camp or one head wrestling coach who, who is maybe Shorty does. I'm not sure, but I'm just trying to look at the holes in her game and see where she can improve from here. And uh Wrestling and jiu-jitsu, I think, is really where she needs to be. Get some really high-level jiu-jitsu people and just really work on that grappling because, as I mentioned, her striking is, that's her background. She's a kickboxer, and she's awesome at it, and uh, she's shown that in a lot of her fights. So I don't, uh, of course, she should be working on that too, but I think the, the grappling game is where she needs to get back into it. She's probably going to have to go back in line, uh, go through some more opponents before she ever gets another chance at the title. And for Amanda Nunes... Jesus, how good is this girl? Most dangerous woman on planet Earth, without a doubt. I think she's going to continue to have a long reign as champion, and uh, I just don't see anybody dethroning her at this point. Uh, she's just too damn good. She's too technical. She knows exactly where she needs to improve. She comes in looking better in different areas every single time she steps in there. So, hey, hats off to Amanda Nunes. I think she's going to continue to have a long run here. And, of course, only time will tell. Now, the titles changed hands in the next bout. Max Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovsky for the featherweight title. Max Holloway's been a very dominant champ in that division. A lot of title defenses. His only slip-up was when he fought Dustin Poirier at a weight class one higher, at lightweight, actually. And he lost that fight. So that was a bit of a blemish on his record. But... He's been on a tear within his division, in the featherweight division. And his last fight against Brian Ortega, he really took it to him and just looked absolutely dominant. So I think most people coming into this bout, uh, me included, were kind of overlooking Volkanovski because he's a guy who flies under the radar. He's not really outspoken, brash. He doesn't have that kind of WWE, get-in-your-face personality. He's more of a uh, just worker. He just talks about the fight game. He lets his hands do the talking, and uh, from a marketing perspective, might not be the best thing for him, but he's won a title for Australia now, and he did that with solid fundamentals. He's a shorter guy, um, so he's a little less rangy than Max, uh, although I do believe that maybe their their reaches were approximately the same, or Volkanovski might have even had more, but the fact that Max just looks so much bigger, it almost looks like two different weight classes in terms of the height. So he was the shorter opponent, and he use leg kicks so effectively. I think if you were to train somebody in leg kicking in mixed martial arts 
and you wanted to have them get a get a grasp of just how effective they can be and the best way to use them, I would just have them watch this fight as a part of their training and take a look at how Volkanovski was able to use the leg kicks to basically win the whole fight. He just chopped up Max's legs, and he was being very intelligent about the way he threw the strikes. He wasn't just throwing leg kicks. He was setting it up with his hands. He was breaking up his patterns, so Max didn't necessarily know when the leg kick was coming. And at one point, Max switched stances to protect what was previously his lead leg. He made it the rear leg, and Volkanovski just started attacking the other leg relentlessly. Um, in a very efficient, strategic way. And it really took the wind out of Max's sails. Max did great, especially in the fifth round. He kind of came on and, and uh, landed some great strikes. But Volkanovski, over the course of the contest, just piled up these leg strikes, landed some great punches as well. And overall, a standout performance. Um, not super dominant, but dominant enough that, yeah, maybe this guy's gonna going to stay around for a while. He said after the fight... I'm going to be here for a long time to come, so get used to it. So we'll have to see, but I have I have high hopes for Volkanovski. I think he's an incredible fighter, and I would like to see him shine a little bit more in terms of his personality. You know, guys like Covington, who we're going to get to because uh, we're getting to the main event, and um, guys like Connor and uh, Cejudo now is kind of doing his thing in terms of being his own character and, and being really outspoken and brash. And Volkanovski's not that type of guy, but I think there's a way to make his his approach marketable as well. And uh, time will tell what that approach should be, but you look at a guy like GSP who was able to become so famous for kind of being a nice guy in a way and just being a straight-laced martial artist who is in it for the love of martial arts. And I think Volkanovski can kind of maybe take a page out of GSP's playbook and uh, find a way to get his personality out there a little more because he seems like a really nice, cool, genuine, down-to-earth guy. And that doesn't mean you're not marketable. It just means there's a different strategy there to um, put him more in the limelight. And as champion, I'm sure in Australia, he's going to be getting a lot of media coverage, a lot of interviews, so he'll have a chance to promote himself. So looking forward to see how Volkanovski does uh, moving forward as the new champ of the featherweight division. And now... Moving to the main event of the evening, we've got Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington, a major grudge match. Um, Colby Covington, of course, crossing the line a lot in some of the comments that he's saying, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinions. Look, and I think this is kind of a consensus uh, amongst a lot of fans and other fighters who are in the sport. Uh, Covington, his act is fine. I have no problem with him. Kind of, He says it's not an act. He's pushing his real personality to 11. He loves Donald Trump. Um, he's, I don't know, he has a political agenda. He's very disrespectful of his opponents, always talking about how they suck and this guy's never done anything in the sport. No matter how good his opponent is or other people in the sport are, he talks down about them, which is its own thing. All of this, I'm fine with. It makes, it leads to build up to fights. It gives him a lot of opportunities for different rivalries and different matchups that fans want to see, either to see him get his butt kicked or to see him win and carry on with his brash trash talk. But he does cross the line sometimes. When he fought Robbie Lawler and won, he talked about Matt Hughes getting hit by a train, uh, an injury that debilitated him for life. He's now mentally disabled in many ways and, and physically too. And he was basically making light of that, taking a jab at Robbie Lawler after he already beat him. So that was kind of crazy. And then in the lead up to this one, he was talking about one of Usman's former trainers. Um, I forget his name, but he uh, he passed away uh, some time back. And... Covington was saying he's going to be watching you from hell and all of this just ridiculous stuff. Um, 
unnecessary. And the reason it's unnecessary, because you talk this much smack in this much of a disrespectful way, I think it only really works if you keep on winning. And Usman was undefeated, I believe, or he had one loss on his record early in his career. Um, so yeah, now he's got another one. He's 15-2. and two. And yeah, it was just, you got to keep winning to, to make that work. And you put so much pressure on yourself. And now that he's lost, and we're going to get to how he lost, you're just going to have people start to talk smack right back. The whole, all the other fighters in the roster are going to have something to say. So maybe not the best move, but Kamaru Usman put on an incredible performance. And Kamaru Usman is not a liked champion at all. Um, and that comes from the fact that he's got a bit of a boring personality in front of the camera, which is, you can't hold that against somebody. But he seems to kind of have a bit of a self-entitled... Um, I don't know, the way he speaks, it rubs people the wrong way, kind of much like Tyron Woodley did. I, I feel like that they're kind of similar in that respect. So it was kind of funny because it felt like the audience was booing both of them equally. People booing Covington and people also booing Kamaru Usman. So it was kind of funny, but I think Usman really got the job done. Through the first few rounds, it was very evenly matched. Um, Covington did land some great strikes, high-volume puncher, high-volume striker. Nobody took it to the ground. Um, I believe in the whole bout, there was no takedowns and no grappling exchanges. And you often see that when you have two really high-class wrestlers facing each other. You often see that they're both tentative to grapple um, because I guess they feel their abilities are going to nullify each other and it's going to waste time, so might as well just stand and trade. And that is what they did. At, at one point, Usman broke Covington's jaw and Covington kept on fighting. Uh, and he got severely beaten down. I mean, you look at both their faces after the event. Covington was certainly wearing it. And going into the fifth and final round, um, one judge had it 3-1 for Colby, one judge had it 3-1 for Kamaru, and one judge had it 2-2. So the fifth round was going to determine who was going to win the fight on the scorecards. And I think Kamaru knew that, and I think he came out on a mission and he ended up landing a series of strikes that put Covington away. Covington complained about the stoppage. Um, some people might see that as an early stoppage, but I think referee Mark Goddard did a great job with the stoppage. And the reason why is because I think he considered the amount of damage Covington had already taken up until that point. Um, he wasn't knocked out. He wasn't, you know, eyes going back into his head, starting to lose consciousness sort of territory. But he was taking a beating in the turtle position. Uh, and some unanswered strikes, not a ton of them, but enough that when compounded with the the damage that he'd taken over the course of the fight, I think Goddard made the right made the right decision to step in, and I think Usman was going to win that round and then ultimately win the fight on the scorecards regardless. So where do both guys go from from here? For Covington, he's already come out on social media and started saying Mark Goddard's an idiot and he shouldn't have stopped the contest and that he got robbed of his opportunity which is kind of doubling down on his behavior. I, I don't know. I guess that's just what you do. I think he could have taken the other route and maybe uh, won over some fans by taking a bit of a, a, a humble, uh, a, the, the route of humility and saying, you know what, Usman was the better man this night. But, you know, you could even come back and say nine times out of ten I'd beat him, but he was the, he was the better man this night. Something that could still maintain maybe his bad guy persona well acknowledging Usman's uh, just superiority on that particular evening and also kind of 
showing a little bit of a different side of himself because fans were really starting to like him and warm up to him more leading up to this one because he broke the fourth wall a bit in a few interviews and started talking about, yeah, what I am doing is kind of a gimmick. I did realize I needed to do this to be able to, to get people to pay attention to me. I want them to either hate me or love me, but just don't be in the middle. And that's been very successful for him in terms of people paying attention to him, articles being written about him. But like I said, it's kind of an all-in strategy and now he's kind of doubling down saying, you know, Mark Goddard's an idiot calling him out. I mean, come on. I think Mark Goddard did a fine job officiating that contest. He's one of the veteran referees in the game. And I don't think there's a reason to do that. And uh, so I don't know. There's a couple things that could happen with Colby. He keeps this this act up and people still love it. And he looks for somebody else to fight maybe because he is he performed very very well I think both these guys are really the two best in the welterweight division so if Colby can get one or two more significant wins under his belt I think he'll be right back in line for a title shot however he has quite a long-standing beef with UFC president Dana White and has done a lot of bashing him uh in interviews Dana White is a bit of a vindictive guy if if you don't follow the sport too close he's the guy who uh who runs the UFC and kind of controls the fate of fighters. He's vindictive and bitter in many cases. Um, he doesn't seem like a great person uh, overall. I've never met the guy, obviously. I have no idea, but uh, he's the type of guy to want to stick it to you when, you're, when you've stuck it to him. So he's kind of an eye-for-an-eye sort of guy. So it could be that they don't give Covington those fights to get him back to the title unless Covington starts to kind of play ball and, and stop talking trash behind the scenes and on camera as well. So Covington could end up, you know, keeping his gimmick up, gimmick up, getting a few more fights, getting back to the title, or he could end up just getting hated on by everybody saying, see, we told you, you're an idiot. Like, why did you have to talk like that? And uh, he might jump ship. He's talked about going to the WWE. He might end up with a different fight organization, maybe Bellator. I don't think he's a good fit for one championship because they're really pushing the aspect of respectful martial arts, no trash talk pure competition and respect. I don't think he'd fit in so well over there. But uh, interesting to see what's going to happen with Colby. And Kamaru, great victory. Uh, great back-and-forth battle between the two. I think he really proved his heart as a champion. He proved his technical ability. He weathered the storm. He picked his shots. And uh, when the finish was there, he took it absolutely masterful. Great performance. I don't know who's going to be next for him. I think Jorge Masvidal would be a very interesting choice as he's very popular now and has won several in a row. Uh, crazy knockout over Ben Askren, his win over Nate Diaz, which is very impressive victory too. Even though the, the fight got stopped due to a cut, he dominated much of the fight. So I think I'd like to see Jorge Masvidal uh, fight Usman. Who knows what's going to happen next, but it's a very interesting division. A lot of cool stuff happening. As for Usman... Um, I'd like to see him maybe amp up certain aspects of his personality to get people to kind of be on his side more because he's not a very liked champion overall, in my opinion, which is sad. And I thought it was sad with Woodley too because Woodley's also an incredible athlete and a, a, a great martial artist, and Usman is the same. But something about him rubs people the wrong way. I think if he could maybe get that on track, and uh, he's got a ton of fans. I mean, I'm, I'm not here bashing the guy by any means. He's a great fighter, and uh, we'll see what happens with the welterweight division moving forward. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining me. This was a new thing I tried, the fight recap. Let me know if you dig it. 
comments below and you can hit me with an email at info at fightiqpodcast.com. You can also support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash fightiqpodcast. Thanks very much for joining me and I'll see you guys next time.